the building. Maximum seating capacity, 347. That's when it hit me. When I'd asked the clerk about seating capacity, she had simply walked across the driveway, read the plaque on the side of the building, and passed the information along to me. Seating capacity, 347. I'd asked, she'd answered. No need to toss in any extraneous details like the fact that there were only about 200 actual seats in the building. Fortunately, Maine Islanders are nothing if not resourceful. We spent the rest of the afternoon scouring North Haven Island for every available chair, managing to round up enough to provide seats for 320 audience members. The rest, mostly younger folks, sat on foam tumbling mats in front of the stage. In the end, everybody had a good time, and I learned an important lesson, one I should have known all along. When dealing with taciturn manners, it's not so much what they say that you need to pay attention to, it's what they leave out. I should have known it because only a few years earlier I'd released an album on which I told the one about the traveling salesman who, upon seeing an old geezer, and the dog on the porch of a main country store asks, Does your dog bite? Nope, the geezer replies. My dog don't bite. Thus reassured, the salesman starts up the steps, only to be viciously attacked by the dog. Once safely back in his car, he rolls down the window and hollers, I thought you said your dog don't bite. Oh, mine don't, replies the geezer. But that one right there sure does. The Laughter of Clams I recently overheard a conversation in the grocery store checkout line that went something like this. So she told me she was happy as a clam, and I asked her, what's so happy about clams anyway? That's a darn good question, which deserves a darn good answer. Fortunately, as a result of having spent a half-century or so exploring, collecting, examining, and recording folk tales, humorous anecdotes, similes, metaphors, and such, I've acquired a sizable collection of these quirky one-liners, including the one about happy clams. Hmm, let's see. It's right here somewhere. Oh, hold on a minute. Well, I'm sure I'll find it in a moment. Meanwhile, the fact that I even have such a library of verbal ephemera at all surely stems from my lifetime membership in the Think in Pictures Club. TIP Club members, being visual thinkers, always find a good simile particularly satisfying. Perhaps that's because it allows us to remember things by connecting a verbal description to a strongly visual mental image. In most instances, of course, I've long since lost track of where or when I originally encountered each of these conversational visual aids, but I'm occasionally able to recall precisely my first encounter with a really memorable line. Here's an example. My eighth-grade teacher, the late, great Melanie Steen, was one of those gifted educators capable of changing a student's life for the better, a mentor long before mentors became hip and trendy. She possessed a deep and abiding love of language as well as a real appreciation of the power of words to paint pictures. It was she who first introduced me to the notion of a group of old men on the porch of a main country store, quote, setting around with one arm as long as the other. 
The image of entrenched indolence which that phrase conjures up could not be replicated by ten thousand words. I've also gleaned a number of gems from writers like early twentieth-century main author, poet, and humorist Holman F. Day. Day, a kind of down-east Robert Service, penned such classic poems as Aunt Shaw's Pet Jug and The Tale of the Kennebec Mariner, the latter of which included the terrific simile, Dark as a Cellar Shelf. If you've ever spent any time mucking about down cellar on a quest for the last remaining ball canning jar of Grandpa's dandelion wine, you know the particular inky blackness of which he speaks. There's also another whole family of potent similes which seem to spring directly from New England's deep Puritan roots. If you're casting about for...